Morning. Praise the Lord. It's good to see everybody. So the title of the message this morning, Spiritualism in the Last Days, um, I've noticed that this, believe it or not, is becoming more common, uh, people departing the faith, um, giving heed to or accepting the devil's uh, doctrines. And actually, um, just a few weeks ago, um, a young family sent a letter uh, asking that their name would be removed from the Adventist church because they no longer believe in one of the doctrines of our denomination. It's heartbreaking, actually, to see that happen. But the the enemy is at work, and this is an important topic that um, we need to talk about. So let's pray. Loving Father, we want to give you the praise and the glory for another day uh, to choose Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for being in control of everything. Uh, We thank you for the work that Jesus is doing in the most holy place. And we thank you, Lord, uh, for the work the Holy Spirit is doing here. Uh, We ask for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now uh, upon us. Uh, We ask for your angels to surround and protect Um, I ask, Lord, that you would speak through me, that uh, the message would be clear, uh, that you would have the results from your word that you would expect. Uh, We give you the praise and the glory, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. My dad died on Thanksgiving 29 years ago, 1994. He was 59 years old, and... I believe, based on what I witnessed leading up to his death, you know, in the, in the, the, the weeks and months, uh, you know, leading up to his death, that he had accepted Christ, his forgiveness, um, his righteousness, and uh, was, was a strong believer um, there near the end of his life, and that he will come up when Jesus calls him forth, when Jesus comes back uh, to this earth. And I have that confidence just based on, you know, what I witnessed. You know, I don't know a person's heart entirely, but um, I saw the Lord at work. And my dad has been sleeping for 29 years with, with no understanding or recollection of anything that is going on under the sun. You know, uh, Spiritualism in the last days, it comes in many forms. Um, You know, Satan has modernized uh, spiritualism. He disguises it in different ways, in different activities. And um, in areas that many don't realize, you know, um, martial arts, for example, is steeped in spiritualism, yoga, uh, certain meditations, and Hollywood is promoting these things. The world is promoting these things as being okay and being normal. Because when a person is exposed to something long enough, it's very easy for them to accept it and to say, oh, that's okay. Lots of people are doing it. it I don't see any harm. You know, in the 1800s, there was the wrappings. I don't know if you've read about that, mesmerism and the wrappings. And what was going on is people were attributing those things to the mighty works of Jesus. They were saying, oh, this is, this is the Lord 
at work, but it's all a delusion. It's all a delusion. The Oxford Dictionary um, defines spiritualism this way, a system of belief or religious practice based on supposed communication with the spirits of the dead. You know, every Sabbath we come together, I hope we come together, to worship our Creator, right? And then we have songs and prayers and a message, and all of this goes together, and hopefully it honors God. I believe that it does. Um, And we come to fellowship together, right? We'll do that uh, after church. We'll have our meal together, and that'll be a blessing. Um, We come to pray together. But very importantly, we should come here to seek truth. I try to present truth um, when I when I come to before you um, on Sabbath. There's something that I want to read. If I can just put my hands on it, here it is. <clears throat> this is from um, Spiritual Gifts, Volume One, Page One Seventy Four. Says I saw the rapidity with which this delusion. She's talking about spiritualism and deception, uh, was spreading. She said, A train of cars was shown me going with the speed of lightning. The angel bade me look carefully. I fixed my eyes upon the train. It seemed that the whole world was on board. Don't miss that. Then he showed me the conductor, who looked like a stately fair person, whom all the passengers looked up to and reverenced. I was perplexed and asked my attending angel, who is that? She said, it is Satan. He is the conductor in the form of an angel of light. He has taken the world captive. They are given over to strong delusions to believe a lie that they may be damned. His agent, the next highest in order to him, is the engineer, and others are his agents, of his agents, are employed in different offices as he may need them. And they are all going with lightning speed to perdition. I asked the angel if there were none left. He bade me look in the opposite direction. And I saw a little company traveling a narrow pathway. All seemed to be firmly united and bound together by the truth. The truth is so important. And that vision that she was given really is powerful because some of the things that I would point out would be that the whole world was taken captive. It seemed like the whole world was on that train, going right along with the deceptions of Satan. So we have to be watchful. We need the truth. Without the truth, without the counsel of God's word, someone other than Christ can easily gain control of our minds and will be deceived. Satan will effortlessly manipulate anyone once they've been separated from the source of truth. So how serious is this concern of spiritualism in the last days? Um, We're told that we must have a thorough understanding of present truth and that we'll be obliged to maintain that to the very end. You know, truth two years ago is good, but we need to maintain this uh, thorough understanding of present truth. We're going we're gonna to need that. Um, we have to have an understanding, we're told, of the state of the dead because the spirits of devils appear to Adventists 
as beloved relatives and friends who, were de- who will declare unscriptural doctrines. <clears throat> so again, how serious is this? Ministers Mike and his wife Beth Carter from Madison will be conducting a seance. Now, I took this article right out of the newspaper um, in my last district, and this is what the article said. It gave the date. It was happening on Sabbath from 2 to 4 p.m. Connect with the Spirit. Receive messages from your loved ones who have crossed over. This event will be held in the historic meeting house circa 1800. $10 advance tickets, $12 at the door. Limited number of tickets because of space. And I thought this stuff was happening in secret. It was happening, uh, you know, very small number of people, kind of odd, and they're off in a closet somewhere doing this stuff. But I was wrong. This stuff is happening all over the place, in your face, um, in in broad daylight all over this country. Satan is determined to use spiritualism as one major method of deceiving God's people. And he's using it with great success, using it with great success, because this opens doors that should never be opened. And remember, it comes in many forms. It's not just attending a seance. He's well diversified. He's, he knows better than to just select one method. And when a person takes part in some of this stuff, what they've done, even as a spectator, perhaps unwittingly, they're yielding their minds to the control of Satan. And that's a serious thing. They've ventured onto Satan's ground. That's what they've done. What happens at these events that go on? Evil angels uh, assume the form of loved ones or friends that have died, uh, fallen asleep, and oftentimes they relay incidents that only the two people know uh, about. And they, um, they will manipulate the truth, as we're told, They're going to deceive loved ones um, and, you know, convince them that they're at a higher state of existence. So they know the future. They know things that that people on this earth don't know. Now, you might be saying this does not apply to us. I don't know why he's wasting his time. Well, I'm going to share a couple of true stories with you that that uh, hopefully will give you a little understanding that it is something that affects Seventh-day Adventists and other Christians. In, in Revelation uh, chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, um, I just want to read that to you. Revelation 16, 13 and 14. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle to the battle of, the, of that great day of God Almighty. And so here we see um, spirits of devils working miracles. Miracles will have an impact on the world and God's people in the last days. According to a recent study um, that was done by the International Council of Shopping Centers, Over 237 million Americans plan on spending $125, or they did spend $125, on this past um, Halloween. Last year, there was a record spent, $10.6 billion. This year, we broke the record, 
$12 billion on the devil's holiday. Now, I don't know if you can grasp the enormity of $12 billion, um, but if you took $100 bills and you stacked them one on top of the other, the pile would be 23 miles high. And that's what was wasted just a few days ago um, on that holiday, so-called. Because that word holiday comes from holy day. And Halloween is certainly not a holy day. Imagine what the Lord would have done with the $12 billion to finish the work. If people had given that money and said, you know, I'm not going to partake of this uh, foolishness. I'm going to give some, some of that money to the Lord's work. Imagine what he could have done with $12 billion. So he's setting people up for easy deception. And, you know, Halloween acquaints people unwittingly, perhaps, and teaches them that our nation is almost unanimous in its understanding that the dead are not really dead. Because that's what Halloween is all about. That the separation between the living and the dead is open. That curtain is opened. Satan makes his move. The unsuspecting, those that have been involved in this, accepting it a little bit of a time, a little bit at a time, when they come face to face with someone that they love that has died, or a friend that has died, someone they care about, they're ready to accept the deception. And I told you that I will share a couple of <clears throat> of true stories with you. But that's the oldest lie ever told: Thou will not surely die, right? So uh, I want to share this story. It came from a, uh, an Adventist uh, pastor evangelist. He was pastoring his, his first district. And he went to visit someone, and they weren't home. And the, the woman that owned the home that she was renting, um, she invited him in. She said, why are you here? What, what do you want? He explained, you know, I'm looking for so-and-so. And she said, well, he's moved away. Um, and he said, well, you know, I'm a pastor, and I came to visit him. She said, oh, I'd like to talk to you. And so she asked him for a minute of his time, and... Uh, this woman was not a kook. She was a well-known business owner in the community, um, retirement age. And <clears throat> she said to him, Pastor, my husband, Bill, died four years ago. And at least once a week, he comes to visit me. And he sits in the chair beside my bed. And we have a nice talk. And he wears the brown suit, you know, that I bought him. Um, she said, but a few days ago, some Christian folks came by and wanted to study the Bible with me. And I invited them into my house and we began to study together. And I related what I just related to you about my husband to them. And they said, that's not your husband. That's Satan that comes to visit you. And then she said, Pastor, what do you say? And so he told her, asked her if she had a Bible. She said, yes, can you go get the Bible? And, and he had her, read, um, had her read this text from Job. As the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away, so he who goes down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house, neither shall his place know him any more. And when she was done, with irritation, she said, Pastor, are you trying to tell me that my husband, that that's not my husband that comes to visit me and sits in the chair? And he said, I'm not trying to tell you anything. I just had you read from the Bible that you love. She said, I don't care what the Bible says, and I don't care what you say. And she says, that is my husband. 
He wears the same brown suit, etc., etc. She said that he talks with me about things that only we knew. And so, can you see how emotion and how feelings can guide a person to accept something they shouldn't accept? Because emotions are powerful, aren't they? We miss our loved ones. I miss my dad. He's been dead for 29 years, and I think about him every day. So, you know, emotion and feelings, um, Satan will use those against us. He'll use those against us. Here's a warning. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And there's many doctrines of devils. And have some Christians departed or apostatized from the faith because of these doctrines of the devils? Absolutely. Entire families, as I mentioned one locally here, um, that have been affected by a doctrine of the devil. And it, as a result, they, they're out. They want to be out. Um, but one family in particular left the Adventist church and returned to Catholicism, which um, is the church that my wife and I came out of. And it was as a result of an apparition of Mary. She appeared to the children in this family, and then uh, the children called the father to come. And once she was done, uh, this apparition was done, um, chastising him for leaving the faith of the Catholic Church, the whole family went back, and they didn't look back. So it is happening. It is happening. Jesus said this, he said, for false Christs, and for, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So, there's going to be um, false Christs, false prophets. There are right now. Um, people are doing these things, showing great signs and wonders. It's only going to uh, increase. Because Satan is the master of deception. He repeats the oldest lie ever told from Genesis 3. You're familiar with it. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. And actually from pulpits all over the world on Sunday in front of millions of Christians, this lie is repeated over and over again. They use fear. They tarnish the character of God and turn him into a tyrant and say that when a person, they don't accept Jesus, if you don't come to the altar and be saved, you'll, you'll suffer in the fires of, of hell eternally. And it's a horrible thing to think about. So the battle rages on in this uh, great controversy until it's finished. And so Satan is demonstrating his government. He's demonstrating his thing, uh, the way he wants to present it. And what he has to offer. And at the same time, Jesus is representing his kingdom. And mankind is left to choose. We're left to choose. Not everyone has made a choice. That's why we're still here. Not everyone has made a choice. So the, con the controversy continues for a short time. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, this word perilous, it means difficult 
and dangerous, okay? But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And that word um, sorcerer, seducers, I'm sorry, um, it, it also translates wizards muttering spells. Wizards muttering spells. It's going to grow worse and worse. It's not going to get better. It's not going to go, it's not going to go away. Paul's saying that there's evil and deception in the last days. And then if you read Matthew 24, you see Jesus talks about deception over and over again. And when the disciples first asked him, what will be the sign of these things and the sign of your coming? The first thing he said was, take heed that no one deceives you. Deception was his foremost concern. It should be ours as well. As spiritualism more closely imitates the nominal Christianity of the day, that word nominal means to exist as a Christian in name only. As spiritualism more closely imitates the nominal Christianity of the day, it has greater power to deceive and ensnare. Satan himself is converted after the modern order of things. He will appear in the character of a what? Of an angel of light. Through the agency of spiritualism, miracles will be wrought, the sick will be healed, and many undeniable wonders will be performed. And as the spirits will profess faith in the Bible and manifest respect for the institutions of the church, their work will be accepted as a manifestation of divine power. So think about that. Undeniable miracles are taking place. Church members are accepting it and promoting it. How difficult is it going to be for us to say that is not of God? They'll say, what are you talking about? That child was just healed, right? We're told that Satan will bring the sickness and then remove the sickness. So these miracles appear to be authentic and from God. It's going to be very difficult for us. How do you stand up against that? What are you talking about? That person was just healed. So we need the truth. We need God's word. And many people are not aware that we're in the middle of a battle, a spiritual battle. Some are aware, but they're not concerned. It's like, no, it's not going to affect me. And so they dabble in things that they shouldn't dabble in and open a door for evil. Yeah, We're told that evil is going to grow worse and worse until Jesus comes. Second Corinthians, um, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So he's going to appear in such a way that the overwhelming majority of the world is going to say, that is from heaven. He is from heaven. They're going to say, that's Christ. He's going to, he's going to quote scripture. He's going to look the part. Um, he's going to do miracles. This is a real uh, a real concern. It should be for us. So I, I just want to touch, I know that Halloween has passed, but I want to share a couple more things. It started as a, as a pagan festival uh, called Samhain. And it was a pagan, uh, a feast of pagan cults. And it celebrated death, the onset of winter, harvest, 
was always began October 31st, and it went on for uh, three days. And what they believed and what they taught was that the souls of the dead returned during this time to mingle with those that were alive, and that they would burn bonfires and in honor of the sun god to scare away evil spirits. And the costumes represented the souls of the dead uh, that were supposedly returning to mingle with the living. And they were warned to scare off the evil spirits. Okay, The Celts believed that the curtain dividing the living from the dead was taken down. And then you have the, go- the ghost hauntings and, and all of that craziness that goes on. And, and so many today are engaged in these these activities, um, and there are groups that you know are involved in divination, witch marches, witchcraft, occult practices, communication with the dead. Because remember that pastor and his wife—that was just before Halloween that they were doing that. So it opens the door. Says, "Yeah, this is the time of year when we need to to be doing these things," and they they would seek out. Uh, these divine so-called spirits to tell them what is the harvest going to be like next year? What is the weather forecast? What crops should we grow? Etc. Etc. They wanted they wanted information from beyond. That's how this whole thing started. And as Americans, we're unbelievable. We get right in line. We do whatever the majority of people are doing. It's like oh, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. I mean, think about it. Think about the things that we do, the things that we buy, the activities that we're involved in, and we don't even question where they came from. We, we just get right in line, lock, stock, and barrel. Um, I think about the craze of the pants hanging down, right? You've seen that, right? And the kids walk around, and it's, they think it's cool that you can see their, their shorts and stuff. And, you know, I knew where that came from, and I would share that with them. I'd say, you know where that comes from? It comes from prison. That was an invitation. And they're like, and it's like, yeah, pull your pants up. I mean, that's just one example. I don't say that to make anybody laugh. I'm telling you, that's, that's our nature. That's what we do. You know, oh, tattoos. You know, when I was a kid, veterans had tattoos. Marines had a tattoo on the forearm. Now 60, 70-year-old ladies have tattoos all over them. Why? Because they see someone else do it, so they do it. I mean, we have to realize this stuff is going on, and that is where America, that is where the world is headed. Okay, when a Sunday law comes, let's get in line. Let's do it. Everyone else is doing it. Satan is a cunning foe, and it is not difficult for the evil angels to represent both saints and sinners who have died and make these representations visible to human eyes. It's so true. You know, the movies uh, this time of year, I went online, I wanted to see what's going on. I had to shut it off because it was so evil. I just took a quick look. I'm just like, I can't believe what's going on. But Christians, young and old, are indulging in these movies. They're taking part in these things without a care or a concern. You know, I've been, in, I've been asked to go to Adventist homes because they have things flying around in the house. And the first thing that I do after we pray, as they say, let's take a walk through your house and let's do an inventory. Let's see what you have for movies. Let's see what you have for books. And, and lo and behold, there's always things that need to go. They have opened a door, and sometimes Satan comes in and makes himself visible. 
in throwing things around the house, slamming doors, etc., etc., rooms that are ice cold. These things are happening, and Christians are doing it, and sometimes the pastor gets a call, and we, and we have to go out there and, and see if we can help. She says uh, in Review and Herald, April 1, 1875, these manifestations will be more frequent and develop, developments of a more startling character will appear as we near the close of time. Uh, a close friend of mine, I went to the police academy with him. We were neighbors. He helped me build my first house. Um, he was a Protestant. His wife was a Catholic. And I can remember he used to kind of jab at her, you know, about being a Catholic. And he was a Protestant. And, you know, he would do those things. And uh, he grew up in Lowell, Massachusetts. I don't know if I told this story uh, previously or not. But he grew up in Lowell, Massachusetts. And on the, the street that he lived on, um, all the houses were the same, exactly the same, just a different color. And there was a little space of property between the two houses. His grandmother and grandfather lived next door. And when he died, his grandfather died, my friend moved in with his grandmother. They became very close. When she died, he stayed in the house. He lived there for a short time. And one night, a teenage girl appeared at the foot of his bed wearing a white dress. And he was awakened by this. And he, you know, did those things that we do to make sure that we're not dreaming. And he said, boy, I, I've seen this before. I've seen this person before. Anyway, she walked away and disappeared. And he got up and started going through photo albums. And he found a picture of his grandmother when she was 14. He left the Protestant church and became a Catholic. He told me, he says, I knew now, I know now that, that uh, my grandmother's looking down and she was telling me, hey, everything's going to be okay. I'm fine and I'm watching over you. Feelings, emotions again that make a person leave the faith. Satan is the source. He is the person that wants to put us all in bondage and we can be in spiritual bondage. We can accept a lie. We can be deceived. We can get involved in things we shouldn't get involved in and open uh, the door to Satan. Um, he attacks God's word. He attacks the remnant church. He's doing that. He attacks prayer. He knows. He knows that prayer is the most powerful thing. God's word and prayer combined, Satan is on the run. So he's going to attack prayer. If he can get us to put off prayer... Ellen White said that Satan is enraged at the sound of fervent prayer, for he knows that he will suffer loss. If you knew that, now that you know that, is it going to change your prayer life? That's the question. The Bible says in, in Revelation chapter 12, And the dragon, that Satan, was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. There's a couple of things there. One, the remnant church. That's who he's enraged with. He's not worried about churches that are not following the Lord completely, that have discounted the, the Ten Commandments, that have embraced antinomianism or denigration of the law. He doesn't care about them. He's got them right where he wants them. If they stay there, to the end, they'll be lost. He's interested in those that keep the commandments of God and have the spirit of prophecy. That's you and I. And so know that. He's enraged with us. He, he seeks to destroy us. and We're not going to let him. By God's power, we will be victorious. The prayer of faith is the great strength 
of the Christian. So likewise ye, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Now, this is Jesus talking, um, and he, he lays out this concern about deception, among other things. And he says, when you start to see these things, know that it's close. His coming is close. And Satan cannot control our minds unless we have relinquished our minds to him by dabbling in this stuff. Here's some good counsel right here. And finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. And that is a model that we would do well to follow. You know, if our eyes could be opened, if we could see what is going on, uh, the battle for each one of us, the evil angels, God's angels, um, we wouldn't feel so secure. We would, I think that we would be praying more, more earnestly. We'd be studying God's word more. We'd be hiding his word in our heart. Ellen White said the evil angels are on our track every moment. That's why we pray the way we do when we come into church that the Lord will keep them at bay for a couple hours. But they're on our track every moment. And the Lord allows us to be tested, right? He does. He wants to know if we're the real deal or not. She says miracles will be performed in our sight. Are we prepared for the trial when the lying wonders of Satan shall be more fully exhibited? And I don't share this with you to scare you, but just to keep us alert. Uh, maybe to educate you. Maybe you didn't know these things. Um, but this stuff, it, it's happening all over. And those words um, of Jesus are a reminder that it's close. And so I want to ask you to, uh, to maybe consider this a little deeper. Maybe do an inventory at home. Uh, check your kids' devices. Satan is destroying kids. Um, and parents aren't even aware. You know, some of us older people, like me, are, we're blessed because we grew up with a phone hanging on the wall, no answering machine. If you wanted to get a hold of dad, you waited till 530, right? <laughs> but now we give a six, seven, eight dollars cell phone to a, to a 10-year-old, and we think that Satan's not going to reach them. As parents, as grandparents, we have, as a church, we have a responsibility to prepare, to, pr- to protect those kids and prepare them for what's coming because they don't know, most of them. It's, you know, it's a, an excellent tool to have a cell phone, but it's also a device of the devil. And so do an inventory in your home and, and make some changes. I know the young kid's probably not happy with me. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, it's a topic um, where we could spend hours um, looking at how Satan is at work, but we don't want to give him any, uh, any undue time. Um, we know there's a problem. We know that um, Satan is at work. Um, But we also know, Lord, that you have given us everything that we need to be uh, successful in this great controversy. And you're desiring that, Lord, that we would choose you every moment, that um, we would do an inventory. We would discard those things that open the door for Satan and his angels to come in. Uh, You want us to hide truth in our hearts, to be 
people of the book, studying God's word. You want us to be people of prayer, um, drawing close to our Savior. We thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing. We thank you for another chance. We thank you for uh, your, pl- your promise to forgive and to cleanse those who come to you uh, in confession and repentance. Um, and so, Lord, we do that just now. Uh, we ask you to do the things that we can't do. We ask for the Holy Spirit to be the one who convicts us, uh, that is knocking on our heart's door and telling us um, where we need to be. Bless each family represented here, Lord. We give you the praise and the glory, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.